Good evening. Our top stories tonight, the NFL draft is in the books and we have takes on takes on takes, plenty of takes on the new backfields across the league and some of those veterans that are in for prime opportunity, all that and much, much more on player profiler today. So there were plenty of winners across the NFL, and not all of them are starters. I'm thinking of guys like Keontae Ingram, guys like Jerome Ford, Kenne and Wongu, Ty Chandler, Joshua Kelly. Now, some will tell you that, no, it's actually Isaiah Spiller. Some will tell you that, no, the Chargers still believe in Isaiah Spiller. No, that's not the case. But there are tons of these guys. There are plenty of backup running backs that saw no threat to their role at all. And there's still the big hairy free agents out there. We're talking about Zeke. We're talking about Leonard Fournette. We're talking about Kareem Hunt because any of those players signed and it is instantly a all the way down. You sign a Kareem Hunt. You can say goodbye to Jerome Ford. We literally just saw that. That's the kind of player these veterans will hurt. But for now, Keontae Ingram has no extra competition. And I know we saw James Conner as a bell cow last year, but come on. Do you really expect James Conner to stay as healthy as he was in 2022? No, we do not. I would expect more of a committee like we saw the year before with Eno Benjamin. Because... For whatever reason, Eno Benjamin was a thing until he wasn't. Gets cut. He and Cliff Kingsbury have this feud. Now that role belongs to Keontae Ingram. The Cardinals did not draft anyone to compete with that at all. Same with the Browns. Jerome Ford, he is the direct backup to Nick Chubb, who is a legitimate bell cow, not a fake bell cow like James Conner is. But Nick Chubb gets hurt. And Jerome Ford is stepping into prime opportunity. They don't even have backup competition for Jerome Ford. It's guys like, what, Josh, John Kelly? Do you remember that name? That's who he'd be competing with for touches. So the Browns, while they do need to add a running back, if they don't, Jerome Ford is going to have a crazy, crazy role should anything happen to Nick Chubb. He'd be a full-on bell cow. Now, that wouldn't happen with the Los Angeles Chargers. If anything happens to Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly is not going to take 100% of the workload, but he's going to see a significant increase. And the fact that the Chargers didn't add anyone is a pretty positive sign that Austin Eckler ain't going anywhere. They're not going to enter the season. Justin Herbert as their quarterback. They are not going to have their hopes and dreams set on a Super Bowl only to have Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller and Larry Roundtree as their running backs. That's not a decision that the Chargers will make. Austin Eckler ain't going anywhere unless somehow they manage a Dalvin Cook trade, a Joe Mixon trade. But again, these are all players that saw no added competition. Same with the Carolina Panthers. Miles Sanders. Now, some will tell you he is one of the biggest winners of the weekend that Miles Sanders is now a bell cow. Not quite. I know that we saw him as a committee back in the Philadelphia Eagles. 
And at one point, who was his running back coach? I, I believe his name was, oh, was it Deuce Staley? Was that his running back coach? The guy who says that no matter what, he wants three running backs to be playing on the field, that he's going to use all three. The one who did that with Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. The guy who did it with DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams and Justin Jackson. And before that, did it with those two plus Craig Reynolds instead of Jackson. So do you really think that because the Panthers didn't add a running back that now Miles Sanders is going to see a 70% opportunity share? Not a chance. No way. No dice. That's not going to happen. Instead, Miles Sanders, he's going to be hovering around that 40 to 60%, probably closer to 55%. And then we're going to see Chuba Hubbard in about 35% of passing. We'll see 10% Raheem Blackshear. We will see all of these guys mix in. So while Miles Sanders is a winner in the sense that he didn't see any extra competition, and while Chuba Hubbard is a winner in the sense that he still is the direct backup and will have a role, it's not as much of a win as some would like you to believe. It is less of a win than it is for Ramondre Stevenson in the New England Patriots. I mean, Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, those two absolute winners. All I have to do is beat out James Robinson, who... I know there are a lot of James Robinson lovers out there, but based on what we saw last year, he's not who he was. Now, granted, an extra year post-Achilles tear will help that, but James Robinson is a 4-6 running back. He is, as we saw with the Jacksonville Jaguars, better off in a committee than as a true bell cow. And even still, Pierre Strong has the explosion that James Robinson just doesn't have. And Kevin Harris is an comparable between the tackles grinder. So don't be surprised at all when the real winner here is Pierre Strong. Because we know that the New England Patriots were looking for a pass catching back. They worked out all the pass catching backs at the Shrine Bowl. They had made a deal with the Atlanta Falcons. Hey, Falcons, you take all of the bruisers, all of the grinders, all of the 200 plus, 210, 220-pound backs. We'll take all the small guys. We will take all the satellite backs. And isn't it interesting, after working with all of these players, Bill Belichick said, you know what? I don't want any of them because the guy we have back home is our guy. He can do it better than any of these other players. And that's why Pierre Strong, one of the low-key biggest winners, along with Jerome Forda, in terms of backups, these two absolutely saw their stock go up. Ramondre Stevenson, of course, he will enter with the same backups he had last year and in addition to James Robinson, which we've already talked about. But the problem for Ramondre Stevenson is Matt Patricia got fired. And the Matt Patricia offense was not a real offense. It was, hey, Mac Jones, either dump it off or throw deep. And if he dumped it off, it was to Ramondre Stevenson or Jacoby Myers. And if he threw deep, it was a deep shot that typically didn't go anywhere. That's not going to happen in 2023. We saw towards the end of the season that Ramondre Stevenson struggled to hold up under that workload. Don't be surprised when Bill Belichick puts it into more of a committee vibe. But... What about those veteran winners? Because there were plenty of them. There were plenty of veteran running backs that remain unchallenged. 
I'm talking about James Cook and Damian Harris. The, the biggest challenge to James Cook and Damian Harris is Latavius Murray, who just got signed off the street in Buffalo. Now, we know that Latavius Murray, he can come in and he can offer some upside, but he's not as explosive as James Cook. He's not as good of a tackle breaker as Damian Harris. So this is a move that doesn't scare me. This is a move that says James Cook and Damian Harris are the guy. Latavius Murray will compete for a backup role. Maybe he makes the roster. Maybe he doesn't. But James Cook, one of the biggest winners from the draft weekend. But he's not alone. There are so many different players that remain unchallenged. We've got Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. And yeah, they took a running back in the seventh round. That doesn't change anything. Seventh rounders, more often than not, are drafted for their special teams ability or the fact that they can mix in if they need to. They are not expected to contribute to the offense. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, they are completely safe. They will cannibalize each other in opportunities. But yeah, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, they're safe. Saquon Barkley, he's safe. We knew that. There was no way that Saquon Barkley was going to have any real competition added. He's Saquon Barkley. We thought that maybe they could draft a Zach Charbonnet. No, the Seahawks did that instead and nuked Kenneth Walker. Would have made more sense for a team that's moving on from their back to draft Charbonnet, but I digress. Saquon Barkley, the only competition added towards him was Eric Gray, and he'll compete with Sean Corbin a certain analyst, number one running back from last year. He'll compete with Gary Brightwell. He is not a threat to Matt Breida. It will be Saquon Barkley at the top, backup Matt Breida, third string, probably Eric Gray. But when those are the backups, there's a 0% chance that Saquon Barkley is going off the field. He is going to be a workhorse, and the Giants, they need him. They could have drafted a running back and said, you know what? It'll be fine if Saquon skips time. We're not going to miss him too much. Yeah, it's a negative for our team, but you know we've got players. Not now. Not now. A committee of Matt Breida, Eric Gray, and Jay Sean Corbin is not going to get it done to the standards that the Giants set for themselves last year. So while Saquon is a winner in terms of opportunity, hopefully... He is a winner in his money after. Hopefully, he gets paid what he deserves. And speaking of money, that's a bad transition. Well, no, it's not, actually. Let's go make some money with Rival Fantasy. Hey, it's the Podfather. Now, in the offseason, I get into baseball, I get into basketball, and my preferred platform to play fantasy sports is Rival Fantasy because Rival Fantasy has challenges where you can just take a guy and say, hey, this guy's going to score more fantasy points than this guy. They put two shortstops together. Pick one. Point guards. Pick one. Spoiler alert, you should pick Damian Lillard. <laughs> or they have the fantasy book where you could pick over, under, over, under, over, under, and up to five guys. And then the more you pick, your potential payout quickly escalates. And finally, I submit a bingo card because you can just go over, under, over, under, over, under across the board. Get your fantasy bingo card set. Submit it. I'm not the biggest basketball or baseball expert, but I have a hell of a lot of fun playing fantasy sports on RivalFantasy.com. And the best part is with promo code PLAYER, they refund up to $50 of any losses. So the promo code there is PLAYER on RivalFantasy.com. Go have some fun. 
go have some fun with rival fantasy and go have some fun if you roster Samaje P. Ryan in Dynasty and Redraft, because we said it before the draft that Samaje P. Ryan was the screaming value. Because Javante Williams is not going to start the season healthy. He is going to miss week one, might miss week two, might miss week three, might week miss, might miss week four. He suffered a serious injury. He tore the ACL, but he tore the MCL, he tore the meniscus. We don't know what other damage was done to what other ligaments, but this was a serious, serious knee injury for Javante Williams. We just saw J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins preached all offseason. No, I'm, I'm making good time. I'm healthy. I'm going to be healthy. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to play, making good progress, making good progress. I'm going to play week one. And then he doesn't play week one. And then he does finally return to the field. And he's just not the same. He has to go in for a revision surgery. Now, I'm not predicting revision surgery for Javante Williams. That would be silly. But what I am saying is we cannot underestimate this knee injury. This knee injury that was suffered several weeks into the season instead of J.K. Dobbins, which happened in the preseason. Javante Williams, even when he comes back, even when he returns, he's going to be eased in. That is a responsible thing to do. You do not just force him into a bell cow role. Instead, you do that to Samaj P. Ryan. You allow him to be your Mark Ingram. Sean Payton had a love for Mark Ingram, used him plenty, used him as a bell cow for a period of time. Then Alvin Kamara came and they entered into a committee again. But Mark Ingram still had his weeks. Mark Ingram still produced with Alvin Kamara on the field. There were weeks where you could start both of them and have success in fantasy football. It's going to be a while before you can do that with the Broncos backs. But early in the season, Samaj Piran, he's going to see RB1 opportunity. There's no competition behind Samaj Piran. They didn't draft a single running back. It is Tyler Beatty who played in one game last year, the final game of the season. That's the competition that he faces. Now, they could add a Kareem Hunt. They could add a Leonard Fournette and Ezekiel Elliott. But even still, Samaj P. Ryan will get his. We saw it last year with Joe Mixon. Samaj P. Ryan is good enough to force himself onto the field. He is going to see 30 to 40% of the opportunity. And he's going to produce in fantasy football. But speaking of Joe Mixon, he is another of the biggest winners of the NFL draft. I did not see this coming. I gave it pretty much a 0% shot. I was as wrong about Joe Mixon being moved on from as ESPN was about Will Levis going round one. I, I would have said it's a 99% chance that the Bengals draft a running back early and move on. Instead, they wait until day three. They draft tra Chase Brown. They draft Chase Brown to be their RB1. and Or not their RB1, sorry, to be their Samaj P. Ryan replacement. But that doesn't really move the needle because, yes, Chase Brown is more athletic than Samaj P. Ryan, but he's a lot less refined. We saw it at the Senior Bowl. He has some work to do with holding on to the football. He has some nuances of the NFL game to learn, and that's okay. He can learn them in Cincinnati, but he'll be learning them early in the season behind Joe Mixon, behind Travion Williams, and behind Chris Evans. 
eventually he'll work his way into that Samaj P role, P Ryan role. Eventually Chase Brown will play significant snaps for the Cincinnati Bengals, but that eventually is coming in 2024. Joe Mixon is the guy for this season. He will be handling the work. He probably sees even more touches than last year because none of the backs on the roster, even when you add up Travion Williams and Chris Evans and Chase Brown, even when you add those three players, you do not get what you had in Samaj P. Ryan. And that is a hard-nosed runner between the tackles who can pass block and protect Joe Burrow. And granted, Joe Mixon's no pass protector either, but as a receiver, he can still get it done. So Joe Mixon, one of, if not the biggest winner for 2023. We know he's probably gone in 2024. The Bengals probably don't re-sign him. But for now, the Bengals are going to ride Joe Mixon. And the Cowboys are going to ride Tony Pollard. Unless they re-sign Zeke. But we've said this all along. That maybe the best case scenario for Tony Pollard is them bringing back Ezekiel Elliott. Because the worry was, well, what if they draft Jameer Gibbs? That obviously never stood a chance of happening. The Detroit Lions picked him way too early. But what if they drafted him? Then Tony Pollard's targets are going to be absolutely shredded. Ooh, breaking news. The Jets have signed former Packers tackle Billy Turner. Going all in on Aaron Rodgers. Getting all of Aaron Rodgers' buddies in the building. We'll talk about all of those kind of moves later on. We're focusing on the running backs today. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, one of the biggest winners. Even if he competes with Ezekiel Elliott, we saw last year that Tony Pollard is the guy, that he is the one you want in fantasy football. And realistically, having Ezekiel Elliott take some of those between the tackles touches, some of those third down runs, that's perfect for Tony Pollard. It keeps him healthy. It keeps him out of the nitty gritty. It keeps the chains moving without putting Tony Pollard at risk. You put him in space, let Zeke do what he did, play the Jamal Williams role, and you're set. Because Deuce Vaughn is not going to take touches away from Tony Pollard. Maybe next year. This is a perfect opportunity for Deuce Vaughn because he gets to learn behind one of the best pass-catching backs in the NFL. But he's not going to be siphoning targets away from Tony Pollard just yet. It's going to need a little bit more time, a little bit more seasoning. This is a future play for the Dallas Cowboys. And Tony Pollard, much like Joe Mixon, much like Saquon Barkley, much like Samaj P. Ryan, they all benefit. And finally, we get to our sophomore stud. Or actually, no, we do have more running backs before we get to that. My apologies. J.K. Dobbins, winner. Cam Akers, winner. Antonio Gibson, winner. Those three backs from the 2020 NFL Draft, they all won. Jonathan Taylor, he was always going to win. There was no way the Colts were drafting a running back to compete with Jonathan Taylor. CEH, I mean, he wins by the Chiefs not drafting a running back, but they just re-signed Jarek McKinnon. And so they're going to run it back with Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. But more on that later. From the 2020 class, Jonathan Taylor was always going to win. J.K. Dobbins saw no added competition. He is... Far and away, the best back in that backfield. Gus Edwards behind him is the perfect complement, taking some of those, much like Tony Pollard, some of those harder nose carries in between the tackles. That goes to Gus Edwards. J.K. Dobbins can be the finesse player in an offense that's suddenly looking a lot more finesse -y. 
an offense that has Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham and Zay Flowers and Mark Andrews and just pass catching options galore. You open that offense up just a little bit like Todd Monken wants to do. And J.K. Dobbins is set to capitalize. Cam Akers set to capitalize. I mean, Zach Evans. Zach Evans is the only running back they take in the sixth round. That is not a threat to Cam Akers. That is not a threat at all. That's a threat to Kyron Williams. Absolutely. Kyron Williams has lost his job, unfortunately. It's going to be Zach Evans now. But we saw last year. That role only takes, what, 20% of the opportunity? If you had told me last year that Cam Akers was going to be Sean McVay's bell cow, there were certain points I would have never believed you because it looked like Cam Akers was going to be traded. It looked like he was going to be cut. It looked like he and Sean McVay had essentially broken up. And then they salvage the relationship somehow and are able to work together. And down the stretch, they make some pretty sweet music. Cam Akers, another big winner. Now, obviously, I am biased in saying that Antonio Gibson is a winner, but no competition from the Washington Commanders unless you count Chris Rodriguez, which is not competition for Gibson. It's competition for Brian Robinson, but it's not for Antonio Gibson. Gibson has that pass-catching back role on lock. He will play the Jarek McKinnon role for Eric Bieniemy, and I know people will say, well, you're, you're projecting. We don't like to do coach-centric analysis. I'm not saying he's Jarek McKinnon, but I'm saying every team uses a satellite back. Antonio Gibson will get those satellite back touches. He will be getting those screen passes. And Antonio Gibson, comparable athlete to Jarek McKinnon. Now, he's not as athletic as Jarek McKinnon, the best athlete we've ever seen at running back. But Antonio Gibson is up there. He is a insane athlete. And now he gets all the pass catching opportunity to himself. Different case with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Najee Harris is a solid cat pass catcher. Jalen Warren, solid pass catcher. But they don't see any competition at all. They're going to keep their roles exactly the same. 70% to Najee Harris, 30% to Jalen Warren. Keep chugging along. But they are absolutely winners based on the additions that the Steelers did make. Upgrade at left tackle with Broderick Jones. Upgrade at tight end, at least in blocking, with Darnell Washington. He refers to himself as a sixth offensive lineman. He's going to be moving people in the run game. This is a win for Najee Harris, for Jalen Warren, for the Pittsburgh Steelers in general. Billy Muzio gives the Pittsburgh Steelers the best draft class in the NFL this year. Podfather disagrees. Podfather goes with the Indianapolis Colts. I probably lean with the Colts as well. Maybe the Philadelphia Eagles are probably number two. Steelers probably number three. But either way, it's a win for J Najee Harris and Jalen Warren because not only do they not see any competition, but they also get upgrades around them to help them do their jobs better. But that will bring us finally to the sophomore running backs across the NFL. And there are three that come to mind that are absolute winners. Damian Pierce. Damian Pierce gets an upgrade at quarterback. CJ Stroud is now QB one for the Houston Texans. The passing game will be more efficient. There will be more opportunities to reach the end zone because they will spend more time close to the goal line. This is a win for Damian Pierce. Devin Singletary, the only 
competition brought in months ago on the veteran minimum contract. He'll mix in. He'll see some satellite back touches. But this is Damian Pierce's backfield. As for Isaiah Pacheco, it's co his backfield. He and Jarek McKinnon will share it, much like they did last year. But we saw last year, when they share it, it works out pretty well. There's going to be some strong weeks from Isaiah Pacheco. Jarek McKinnon, he had all those PPR points, but down the stretch, Isaiah Pacheco started to pop. Expect that again. Kansas City believes in Isaiah Pacheco. Kansas City learned their lesson from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Instead of drafting a first-round running back, they're signing UDFAs. They're not investing in the running back position like they did. They have learned their lesson. And Isaiah Pacheco is the benefactor. But I would be remiss if I didn't mention the biggest winner of the 2023 NFL draft in terms of running backs. You know who it is. It is Rashad White. Rashad White. We've heard all offseason the hype that Rashad White, he's a bell cow. His general manager believes he can be a stud. They don't believe that he can be an every down back. They know he can be an every down back. The Buccaneers know they can rely on Rashad White to carry the load. That's why they were fine with cutting Leonard Fournette when he asked for his release. And that's why the only competition they've added is Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds will mix in on some third downs. But even Edmonds admits, I want to be the best third down back that I can be the best receiving back that I can be. Because when he signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was told Rashad White is the guy. Rashad White is him. 